You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. tournament it's finally here the brackets have been set and the teams are ready to hit the court and DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy is celebrating with their largest free college basketball survival pool ever how large you may ask one million dollars in total prizes up for grabs and if that's not enough check this out when you enter the free DraftKings one million dollar survival pool you could win a shot at ten thousand dollars for every upset uh, throughout the first two rounds of the tournament. It's easy to play. You just pick one team per day. If they win, you survive and advance to the next round. Last person standing is the winner. Remember, you only can pick one team uh, for the entire tournament, so choose wisely. DraftKings is a safe source app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So get in on all of this week's action. Download the DraftKings app now. Enter code THPN during sign-up and enter the free $1 million survivor pool. Again, that's promo code THPN to enter the DraftKings free $1 million survival pool. Eligibility restrictions and terms and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Friday, March 26th. It is Ian Cameron, along with Jimmy Murphy on this Friday, as we're ready to break down a limited uh, NHL card. Only four games tonight on this Friday. Uh, so we'll take a second or two to actually look back on the, the Thursday action that we saw uh, last night. Certainly uh, a ton of interesting games. Uh, we saw the uh, Colorado Avalanche in the showdown of the night uh, race, a one nothing deficit to the Vegas Golden Knights, end up winning 5-1. to one. Just an impressive victory. And the second period, the Avalanche outshot the Golden Knights, I believe it was 16-5 uh, to five, uh, in the second period. And these are the kind of periods that the Colorado Avalanche have been putting together routinely. You know, these periods where they're just controlling the, the game, they have the puck the entire time, they're, they're, they've got the play in the offensive zone, they're not giving up much, if anything, in their own zone, and they are a team that when they've got everybody healthy, and we've got everybody healthy pretty much now, uh, McKinnon's there, Rantanen's there, Landeskog's there, Kadri's there, JT Comfer, who scored a goal last night, They've got all their forwards healthy. They've got now Bowen Byram and Kale McCarr back from injury stints. They are fully healthy. Philip Grubauer in net. They're proving to be, I think, as of right now in my mind, and I've watched a lot of hockey. I've seen pretty every team play multiple games this season with the amount of ho hockey I watch on a nightly basis. And right now, no team's on that level uh, at this point in time of the Colorado Avalanche. Not saying that Colorado's level can't slip and, and drop a little bit, not saying that other teams can't elevate their level of play down the road here in the season and into the playoffs. But right now, this is the Colorado team is looking like, uh, to me, in terms of the eye test, the, the best team right now in the NHL. And 
We were talking uh, before we started the show, Jimmy and I, Kale McCarr with another highlight reel beauty goal last night against Colorado. And hilarious to hear in the post-game interview uh, after the game, he's saying the forwards did a great job getting me the puck. And it's like, no, 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 Kale, it's not supposed to work that way. It's supposed to be the other way around. The defense helps the forwards get the puck to start the offensive uh, break the other way. But uh, that tells you about his offensive upside. Like he is a defenseman in name. He's not a defenseman. Uh, and just a defenseman in terms of his play. He can jump into the play. He's got the finishing ability, the skill level, the talent, the ability uh, of a forward as a defenseman. Uh, he's just a hell of a lot of fun to watch right now. The Colorado Avalanche as a team are a fun team to watch right now. An impressive win, 5-1 over the Vegas Golden Knights. And, hey, they made Marc-Andre Fleury look human, and that's not an easy thing to do. Uh, Jimmy, what's your thoughts maybe on that game and anything else we saw last night in Thursday action? Well, I, I don't think I'm shy about my affinity for Cal McCarr here and uh, his, his alma mater and my alma mater here. By the way, go Minutemen tonight. And, uh, tough money line on them. Maybe we'll get to that a little later, but uh, I, I still would ride the Minutemen on, on the Jimmy Puck line tonight uh, as they try to advance to the second round. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know what? In, you bring up Flurry there, and it's interesting. You know, I, I was t texting with uh, Pierre Maguire during the game last night and he made he made an interesting point. I think you've you've said this. I think numerous times. Sooner or later, he's going to break down, and, and I think we we're seeing him hit that wall right now. And I, and that you know that's got to be a little worrisome for. I know they got Leonard. Uh, I know that they've they've got they can overcome it. No one's saying they can't, but they need to maybe pull him back a bit right now because he looks tired out there. And, and, and let's not forget about. Right now, what's going on, and, and this goes not just with the Vegas Golden Knights or the Colorado Avalanche, but every NHL team. And you know, we just got off a media session uh, with the Boston Bruins, and Chris Wagner was talking, and he he by no means was making any excuses. And I, you know, I prefaced the question when I asked him. I said, "Look, I'm not I'm not trying to get you to make an excuse here, and but I just want to know what it's been like mentally." And, and he said, "Look, man, like I've shut down social media because I just don't think it's good for me mentally right now because." I'm, the COVID stuff is enough of a mental uh, handicap or obstacle right now. And I, I think that's, you know, you're seeing that with everybody, whether it's the crummiest team in the, in the NHL and the Buffalo Sabres or one of the better Stanley Cup contenders in the Vegas Golden Knights, everyone's going to hit that mental block. And I think Flurry is at that right now. So I think that's something to keep an eye on going forward. But, you know, I, I thought it was a great showing by the Avalanche. I'm with you. They are right now. I mean, they're the favorites and you know, they were coming in and I think they're reestablishing that right now. As you said, they've got their reinforcements. They got McCarr back. Uh, they're really looking good. And I'm really interested to see what Joe Sackett does at the deadline. Cause nobody's, I don't know if you notice and you, you follow all the trade rumors, right? I don't hear many avalanche rumors. Usually when that's the case, that's the team you got to watch out for. And I wonder yeah. what he's got up his sleeve right now. Uh, to kind of put them over the hump and really secure a long run in the, in the cup there. Uh, on the flip side of teams not contending and teams just really, you know, I mentioned the Buffalo Sabres there, but another team that just continues to be in a tailspin. And I, I, I don't let them use COVID as an excuse here. I think this, more, this is more a fundamental uh, leadership issue going on in the Philadelphia Flyers locker room. And that's the Flyers. I mean, how, how do you lose like that after losing 9 nothing to the Rangers last week? I mean, where's your pride? That's just pathetic. And, and yeah, I know, you know, Samuel Moran went after Brendan Lemieux after the game, you know, at the end of the game there. And I, I loved it because I, I don't think many people like Lemieux. Uh, so I like to see that. But still, where, where's the pride here? 
And that's that's something going on right now. And I'm, I'm going to come right out and say this is on Drew and this is on Varashik. And, and they really need to step it up right now. They need to, to pull that team together. And, you know, in the bigger picture of things, and I think I've said this before, is uh, how's it looking right now that they fired Ron Hextall because he didn't want to rush Carter Hart into the NHL? I mean, how many more examples do we need of that, that this kid was not ready? And and I'm scared for Flyers fans and for that organization right now because they, he was supposed to be the next Pelly Lindbergh, for crying out loud. He was supposed to finally be that uh, solution between the pipes. Bernie Perrot part two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and and where where is he now, Ian, mentally? I mean, you got to wonder, is this this kid could be scarred for life from this year. And, and it's not good. And you know what? I think the Flyers need to look in the mirror right now you know, I hear their GM talking about, oh, we're going to be active and we're trying to improve. Screw that. Sell. And you know what else? You send Carter Hart, either let him take a mental break or send him down to the Phantoms right now and let him gather his thoughts on the ice there because he's just not with it. You are not going to win with where Carter Hart is mentally and performance-wise right now. And, and that's something to watch. And, you know, I think going forward, uh, if you're not already doing it, just fade the hell out of the over in every – I mean, fade the hell out of the Flyers in every game and take the over in, in every game they play, uh, you know, and you're going to make a lot of money uh, until they figure things out. Yeah, I did one of the two last night. My best bet on the show was Rangers-Flyers over six, and it got there with relative ease. Uh, yep. And that's, that's the reason I liked it so much is because I think the Flyers' defense – it's a combination of their defense, and their defense is bad right now as well. But there's no question about it. Carter Hart is fighting the puck, and he yep. is petrified of every single shot that comes his way right now. And you know what I'm seeing from him? I'm seeing a guy that knows the fundamentals in terms of post-to-post -post movement, lateral movement, cutting down the angle, square to the shooter, staying above the blue paint, you know, challenging the shooters, all of the stuff that goalie coaches teach goaltenders and stuff that we saw Carter Hart be able to play like. He played with all of those attributes last season. Mm -hmm. When you're struggling, when your confidence is shaken, and you don't trust you, the blue line and the players in front of you, and you're doubting your own ability, you're all of a sudden trying to change the game, change the script, and do things that are not the normal fundamentals. And you're seeing him, you know, trying to flop around a little bit more. You're seeing him just trying to uh, anticipate more and just not react, you know, react to what's going on. Instead, he's trying to anticipate something that isn't there and he's getting himself out of position. You're seeing that. And that's all a product of, I'm lo I've lost my confidence. I don't have a whole lot of confidence right now in the guys in front of me because I think this Flyers issue defensively is twofold. The goaltending's got to be better, period. Plain and simple. There is no denying that whatsoever. But this blue line deserves their share of the blame as well. Breakdowns in, the own zone, in their own zone. They're treating the puck like a hand grenade, this collective of blue liners for the Flyers right now. They don't want it. They're saying, we don't want this puck. Here, Rangers, you take it. Yeah. You know, here, Islanders, over the weekend, you take the puck from us. We don't want it. You guys take it and do whatever the fuck you want with it because yeah. we're scared of it right now. The defense are scared of it, and our goalie is scared of it right now. And anytime we get a shot directed toward us, we're like chickens running around in our own zone. We don't know what we're doing. We're petrified. We're worried. We're worried we're going to get caught. Someone's going to uh, send us into the uh, uh, send us away. Uh, it's just a problem right now uh, for this Philadelphia team. It is a collective failure. Blue line goalie out. 
with their defensive game as a team at the moment. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I, I'll, I'll I'll reckon back to what I was saying about development and, and rushing guys. You look at that defense, too. I mean, half of that defense is pretty young, right? And I, I think, you know, I was guilty of it, too, when predicting this season and forecasting who, who might finish where, using not just Hart as a reason that I like the Flyers to maybe win the East Division, but also – their defense because I really like their prospects and I like the up and coming talent they had. But now I'm wondering, were they rushed? I mean, was that talent rushed? And, and so I think it's been, it, it, I'm not trying to excuse the players right now, but I think it's been a collective failure across the board, players coaching and development and management in Philadelphia. And and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this right now, everyone keeps saying how is Elaine Vigneault still have his job after those two losses to the Rangers within a span of a week. I think because right now, I don't think they're, the the the, pe- the powers that be in Philly, the ones that are making the decisions on who keeps their job, I don't think they're looking at Elaine Vigneault right now. I think they realize, like we pointed out here, that they made a mistake getting rid of Hextall and bringing in Chuck, Chuck Fletcher. And I got to ask a question. With all due respect, I don't have a problem against the guy personally, but I'm just saying this hockey-wise. How the fuck does Chuck Fletcher keep getting jobs? What has he done to deserve all these GM jobs? Can someone Not the GM his old man was. Let's put it that way. Huh? Not the GM his old man was. That's for no, sure. Not at all, man. And maybe that's it. It's the old boys network, right? He's he's a you know he he's a descendant of uh, of his old man there and of the Fletcher family. So maybe that's it. But at what point do the decision makers that hire GMs in the NHL say, "Look, this guy's just not that good." I don't know. With the Philadelphia Flyers, for sure. Are there issues with the Boston Bruins? We'll bring them up since they oh, played last night, and they yeah, saw right. a loss dissipate. 2 nothing, and it turned into a uh, 4-3 loss at the hands of the New York Islanders. And, look, they played great. I think they bolstered by the crowd early in the game, a nice 2 nothing start uh, in the first period. Everything's going great all of a sudden, and Tuka Rask gets injured. Yaro Halak comes in, and Halak's been, let's be honest, disappointing. You know, the last few starts he's yep. been in there uh, in net for the Bruins, and it seems like they, I don't know, Got uh, a little shell shot by the injury. They sat back with a two nothing. You can't sit back against the Islanders. Maybe their offensive overall, you know, compart, uh, you know, the makeup of the team offensively, the Islanders isn't what it is for the Lightning and the Leafs and some of these other offensive dynamos. I get that, but they can score. They are a collective. They get offense from a lot of different sources. They're not top heavy. You still can't fall asleep against them. And, and uh, sure enough, the Islanders just chipped away, chipped away, battled back. Tied the game 2-2, took the lead 3-2. Bruins end up with the 3-3 tie. And then next thing you know, uh, the Islanders uh, get it in overtime. And the uh, Bruins, a disappointing result. Thankfully for me, I liked the Islanders last night. So I enjoyed seeing it end that way. Uh, but Jimmy, obviously, you uh, on top of this with this team uh, day in and day out and their uh, progress and their performance and what goes on with the Bruins each and every day. Uh, what do you see? Is that a worrisome game? Is it worrisome that the Islanders just seem to own this team? I mean, it's unbelievable. They're just beating the Bruins like a drum. Uh, time in and time out. Uh, Tuca now banged up. You got issues there. Where's the secondary offense come from? All of a sudden, Marshawn and Bergeron and Pasternak have been quiet a little bit the last couple. Uh, what's going on here in Boston, Jimmy? Yeah, well, what I'll tell you right now, it, just quickly on the Islanders there, too. I, I love the way they play. They, you know, they remind me, ironically, you know, it's 10 years later. And they're, they're actually doing a big special on it here locally on Ness, and, uh, I believe, Sunday night. But, you know, they remind me of the 2011 Boston Bruins that won the Stanley Cup. 
they didn't really have that that you know those superstars. I mean, I'm not trying to detract from Patrice Bergeron or Brad Marshall, but remember at those times they were second line players at that time, right? I mean, the, the top line was Krejci, Horton, and Lucic at that time. Um, but they just remind me of them a lot. They 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 wear you down. They kind of sit back, you know, like I said, I think I've said it before about them, or maybe it was another team that just kind of like Rocky Bellboy and Rocky three, you know, come on, boom, boom. You ain't so bad. Come on, come on, give me another shot. And they wear you down and you think you got them. And then boom, they come at you and, and, and they can drive the game, man. And I, you know, remember they're doing this without Anders Lee now too. So this is a, this is a potent team by the Islanders here. And, they're a Stanley Cup contender. I know nobody, for some reason, nobody around the NHL, fans, media, or anyone, wants to admit it. They're just not that, you know, fashionable pick. They're not that en vogue pick. They're a cup contender. Get it through your heads and ride the hell out of them down the stretch here because they're going to run away with this East Division. I'm telling you right now. The Islanders will win the East Division. They will. And they're, they're a team to reckon with right now. And I, I, as for the Bruins... I'll tell you the one thing, because I know we want to get to today's game here, so I'll make it quick. The one thing that worries me right now is twice in the last two weeks, once after that stinker to the New York Rangers, the 4 nothing shutout they took, uh, they just were completely flat on a Saturday afternoon a couple weeks back. And then last night, Bruce Cassidy calls out the leadership core, and he makes sure to let us know. He doesn't say them by name, but he very much indicates which leaders he is speaking of. He's not talking about, you know, say a Charlie Coyle or guys like that. He said, guys that I have, excuse me, leaders that I have praised for years here now are letting us down. They're not sticking it with it. They're not grinding it out. And who's he talking about? I mean, that's Patrice Bergeron. That's Brad Marchand. And of course, that's David Krejci, who, yeah, he got an assist last night, but has been absolutely invisible out there. Uh, so that's, you know, when a coach does that, it tells me two things. It tells me one, he thinks he's probably getting fired and now he doesn't give a shit what he says and he's going to go down swinging. Or it tells me, you know, that there's something that needs to be changed there. And he's sending a message to the GM and he thinks he has the year of the GM that don't just go out and get me a Taylor Hall right now at the deadline. Don't get me a Kyle, Kyle Palmieri, shake this room up and trade one of my leaders. Send a message to the younger kids who need to be stepping it up and trade one of these guys. And, and, and you know, I, I thought that was very telling there, and I'm really interested to see how they react there going forward uh, in these next two games. They got back-to-back days coming up. And, by the way, for our, our viewers out here, just betting-wise, so you know for tomorrow, if you want to get a head start in that matinee, no two harass tomorrow or Sunday for the Boston Bruins. Carson Kuhlman is out, not that he'd really make a difference. Uh, they will be likely getting Zach Sanishin back, but the Tuka Rask thing is very worrisome. Uh, we know that it's a lower back, and you know how backs can be for goalies. Uh, it's just not a you know a back or a groin is not the injury you want a goalie to have. So that's something to keep an eye on with the Bruins going forward. Especially at a guy that's played the amount of games, the amount of years, and at the age Tuka's getting into right now. Like look at Pekarene in Nashville. He's been battling groins, battling back injuries for years, and he's just uh, that's when the decline had really started for him. The injuries mounted, the mileage on the body, playing the amount of games, playing in the playoffs every year, being in your mid to late thirties. Here we go now with Tuka Rask, uh, and you're right. There's concern, and now Yaroslav Halak's got to take the net, and he's been sort of erratic as he of late. Sucked. Uh, let's, yeah, let's call it what it is, Ian. He sucked this year. That's it. Yeah. I'm not afraid yeah. to say that. And 
You know, people say, oh, you don't have to face him in the locker room right now. I'd say it if I had to face him in two hours. And he knew it. He stinks right now. That's it. And if I'm the Bruins, you ride the kid right now. Put Dan Vladar back between the pipes. Why not? Uh, They played great. They got a win in his first start. Remember, against Pittsburgh uh, just recently. So there may be uh, something to that. But Bruins, again, back in action against Buffalo. Uh, We're not saying bet Buffalo tomorrow, believe me. But uh, (laughs) – Be careful with Boston. You're not going to get value on Boston, though. That's the problem, right? That's the problem. Exactly right. We'll get to that game tomorrow. Uh, But, uh, yeah, Bruins, definitely some some issues, some struggles, as Jimmy alluded to. So keep an eye on them. Yeah, I mean, people in the chat talking about the uh, Jack Edwards. Look, Jack Edwards is that. That's that's the way he is. I get it. But it's just (laughs) hilarious. And I said this on Twitter. You know, he's basically talking Clifton and Wallstrom get into a little scrum. And he says, and now Clifton looking to take Wallstrom's head off. For Jack Edwards, that's never the other team's player trying to take the head off a Bruin guy. It's always the Bruin player trying to take the head off of someone else. The Bruins cannot lose a one-on-one physical confrontation or physical battle in Jack Edwards' eyes. Apparently, nope. they, they win every single one. Yeah. he's The Bruin guy will look to take the head off of Wallstrom. Clifton will look to take the head off of Wallstrom. But if it's, let's say it's Sezekis and Coyle, He'll say the yeah. same thing. Oh, Coyle looking to take the head off of Sezekis. Well, hold on now. Sezekis can hold his own. Maybe it's Sezekis taking the head off of Coyle, Jack. Maybe yeah. that's what's going on here. You know, <laughs> just hilarious, Jack. Yeah. The Bruins can't lose the physical battles in, for Jack. I, I almost saw Jack Edwards uh, fight Dale Talon in the in the TD Garden press box once. <laughs> because wow. he, you remember last week, I mean, you know, it was everywhere on Twitter what he said about the Buffalo Sabres when the Bruins won that 4-1 game. You know, he called him a dumpster fire and went off and said, oh, poor, poor Darlene is uh, is being held hostage in Buffalo. Uh, you know, he said similar stuff about the Florida Panthers once. I think it was two years back. And, and Dale Talon goes up to the nest. And <laughs> he just goes up right through the door. Didn't did knock or anything. Bust the door open and got right in his face. And he goes, stand up, you, you pussy. Stand up. Come on. Let's go. Stand up, Jack. It, it was it was something else. So uh, yeah, that's Jack Edwards. <laughs> wow, jeez, yeah, oh, yeah. There's people that know what he's about, but they just ignore him and they'll just you know let him be. That's he's the local broadcaster. He's gonna you know be biased and homerish to the to the Bruins, and it doesn't bother them. But obviously, it bothered Dale Talon a little bit. Man, alive, <laughs> just busting through the broadcast booth. I'm just picturing him trying to kick the door down and get in there. It's like oh boom. god. Oh, shit. It was hilarious, man. We all like you heard the noise, right? And so everyone kind of went over and we're all watching through the door. And then security comes in and they had to remove talent. And <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Uh, yeah. Hey, some some of the things I'm going to write a book someday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, Jimmy Murphy's book. I would be the first in line to Thank buy you. it. I know you got stories galore when you've been covering the game and covering the Bruins, particularly as long as you have. You come up with a few dandies. When it comes yeah. to story time with Jimmy Murphy, I am sure of that. Oh, and by uh, the way, gonna... by the way, not to interrupt you, but uh, speaking of, you know, uh, I just came to my mind and and shout out to Alex and you for that, uh, you know, that betcast the other night. It was it was brilliant. I wish you were doing one during that Islanders game last night because man, you could have got some great value on the Islanders as they mounted that comeback. Um, but the merch store, great reviews, and I've already had two Bruins uh, ask me for hats. Chris Wagner and Kevin Miller. Have requested Ice Guys hats. So there you go. 
Wow, there we go. We've got uh, th- th- we got to make it around the league now. We got to get yeah, we got to get some uh, players involved with some merch uh, when yep. it comes to the ice guys. I'll but yeah, we're going to get ours. You know, we're going to get ours. Ian, uh, Jimmy, and I we're going to we're going to get ours. We want the viewers and the listeners to get the first dibs on it, but we're going to get ours as well. Uh, we'll be wearing it. as soon as I get you know any kind of shirt or something. I'm wearing it, no doubt about it. Not every day, but I'll definitely wear it a lot. Uh, bring in uh, the Ice Guys merch. But Alex did a great job putting that together. And yeah, Jimmy, thanks. The best BetCast was out excellent Wednesday. It'll, it would be better. It'll be better next time because you'll be on it uh, with us as well. Uh, and we're definitely we. looking forward to that. Uh, so let's get into Friday's card. we got four games uh, on tap. Let's start with the New Jersey Devils taking on the Washington Capitals. Uh, we've got Washington minus 225 here, home favorites, total six uh, shaded to the over. Um the New Jersey Devils, tell me what, they battled last night against Washington. In fact, they had the lead multiple times, and they just could not hold it uh, against Washington. Uh, Ovechkin uh, playing well uh, down the stretch of that game last night against the uh, Devils. Uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov was excellent uh, as well, helping out the uh, cause uh, for uh, the uh, Washington Capitals uh, as they rallied to get past the uh, New Jersey Devils 4-3 to last night. Uh, Ovechkin and Kuznetsov combining for three of the four goals, uh, eight and one uh, in the last nine games for the Washington Capitals. It's not an easy team to go against right now. There's no question uh, about that, but a real solid effort from them uh, last night in the victory over New Jersey. Uh, Vitek Vanacek continues to uh, perform relatively well uh, in between the pipes for the uh, Capitals. You would think back-to-back, though, back to Samsonov tonight. Uh, in goal on the back-to-back. It was Blackwood last night for New Jersey. It should be probably Scott Wedgwood tonight on the second night of back-to-back games for the Devils. He's actually had the better numbers in the shorter term than Mackenzie Blackwood, believe it or not. They have gotten some good goaltending from uh, Scott Wedgwood. This is a pretty high price, and the fact that uh, Miles Wood said after the game, we should have won that game. We had leads multiple times, and the shift after a goal cost us multiple times because they would get the lead and then Washington would answer very quickly with a goal not long not long after that so they realized they did not keep their uh, f- focus or whatever and as soon as you lapse for just a second against a team like Washington after you've scored a goal like New Jersey did last night usually you're going to pay the price for it I took a shot with New Jersey last night at the underdog price it fell short I'm leaning toward maybe a small bet on them again I mean this is a astronomical price for a New Jersey for Washington to be laying here. I know they've won eight of nine. It's tough to go against them, but New Jersey's really battled this team tough this season. And again, a one goal loss to them last night. They took them to overtime uh, earlier this season. Maybe you look at the draw to be a little bit safer in case this game goes to overtime, but I'd lean a little to New Jersey. You can get as much as plus 190 or plus 195 on the Devils here. I think it's a tight game, competitive game. Wedgwood's been solid in net. Uh, back-to-back, Samsonov hasn't played a ton this season, and now he's going to be in net laying this kind of price. I'm not sure that's something I trust. I lean a little to the Devils here. I might have a small bet, sprinkle a couple of bucks down tonight uh, on New Jersey. Jimmy, what do you think here, Devils and Capitals? Yeah, you know what? The Devils are, are starting to become like Ottawa to me. Uh, they're good. They, they seem to want to be in every game. Credit to them. A lot of pride they're playing with there. And they are. They're 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 matching up sometimes. They're hanging in there with they, they blow leads, yeah, but they're they're hanging in there. They're causing fits for some of these much better teams. Um, so once in a while you're gonna you're gonna get these upsets with them. And I, I'm with you. I like that as well. I'm gonna take the devils on the money line tonight uh, to bounce back with a win in Washington. 
Yeah, the Capitals are 5-0 and against the Devils, but four of the wins by one goal. I mean, these have been competitive games. These have been games where the Devils have had the chance to win uh, each and every time. They're playing better hockey. There's 4-2 and two in their last six games. Uh, the Devils uh, over their last six. Miles Wood and Jesper Brad have stepped up uh, lately uh, offensively uh, in the absence still of Nico Heashier, who they'll Again, they're not going to be full strength offensively until they get him back, but Sharon Govich has potted some goals. Kyle Palmieri's been solid. Jack Hughes as well. Uh, I think they can hang in there. And like I say, I just think it's a, a, a – the fact that New Jersey in this spot is laying an even bigger number than they were last night uh, when I think the fact that New Jersey – has got Wedgwood in net, who's actually been a little bit better than Blackwood lately. I do think that uh, looking toward New Jersey here uh, is definitely the value side. The value side doesn't always cash, and I know Washington is on a roll. Washington could win this division, although Jimmy's point about the Islanders, when you match these two teams up defensively, I still give the Islanders an edge uh, yep. over the Capitals. That's why I still favor the Islanders in this division. Uh, I'd say goaltending too, Ian. Goaltending too. Yeah. Yeah. Varlamov's been great. And look, Vanacek's been solid, but I could see him running out of steam in the second half. He hasn't played this many games. Uh, uh, Samsonov has had a start and stop kind of season. Uh, So Jimmy likes New Jersey, and I'd lean that way as well. Anaheim, St. Louis, uh, the Blues, minus 200. Uh, Home favorites here, five and a half the total. This opened minus 240 on St. Louis. It's actually come down a bit to minus 200. So there's been some Anaheim money. And I would lean to the uh, – this is another big dog where I don't think it's crazy to take a chance on Anaheim. I mean, they battled Minnesota tough uh, in those back-to-back games. They were right in both of them, one goal defeats uh, both of t- both times. Uh, I was impressed with the effort from this Ducks team. Uh, I've been impressed with the fact that you know they've been uh, a team that's had a little bit more offensive uh, abilities in them as of late. I worry about Ryan Miller, who, of course, continues to be a net for this team with John Gibson uh, remaining on the IR. Uh, but this is definitely an Anaheim team that's been competing, you know, as of late. Maxime Comtois has been good offensively for the Ducks uh, in recent games. Uh, you know, Trevor Zegras is starting to percolate a bit more. Uh, it looks like Danton Heinen now uh, going to be back off the uh, COVID list. Max Jones, uh, Getzlaff, and Heinen looks like they're going to play on a line uh, together tonight. But defensively, they're not as good uh, as of late Anaheim. We mentioned John Gibson's injury. Ryan Miller's inconsistent. He can have a decent game, and then he can get lit up. That's what you're going to get with Ryan Miller. His numbers aren't that great. And his advanced numbers, the goals saved above average for Ryan Miller, aren't really that spectacular either. Hampus Lindholm is a big absence for Anaheim on the blue line. That's also a – you can point back to his injury you know, several weeks ago as to when Anaheim started to give up more goals. Mm-hmm. St. Louis, on the other hand, there's issues. You better believe that I have no interest, none, zero laying minus 200 with St. Louis in this game. This is a team that's got a ton of injuries. This is a team that's not playing anywhere close to the level of defense and goaltending they played last year or certainly when they won the Cup. Bennington's kind of struggled, it, and Bennington played last night. So that's probably Billy Huso time uh, in that tonight for St. Louis, and he's got a what, 3.46 goals against average, uh, 884 save percentage, not good at all for Billy Huso. Again, without Pareko and Gunnarsson on the blue line, this defense has really dropped off in terms of their ability to keep the puck out of their own net. They've still got Bozak day-to-day, uh, Barbashev on IR, Oscar Sunquist, uh, Sunquist Juices, uh, as I like to call them, uh, on the injured list uh, for the uh, St. Louis Blues. So they're, they're banged up a little up front, but the two key defensemen being out, Pareko and Gunnarsson, that's why St. Louis, I think, is struggling. Like they are 20th in the NHL in high danger chances allowed. That is not St. Louis Blues type defense 
that we're seeing from them right now. I think the total is pretty cheap, to be honest with you. I mean, Anaheim, I think, can find the back of the net. I think St. Louis can as well. You've got Ryan Miller and Vili Husso, your projected goaltending matchup. Those aren't shut down, locked down brick wall goaltenders right now. Neither are these two blue lines at the moment locking and shutting down teams. So I like the over here. I think it's pretty solid play uh, over five and a half around even money minus 110 with Anaheim and St. Louis. Jimmy, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I, I definitely could see Anaheim sneaking up on them right now. And there is absolutely no value in St. Louis. And, and I, you made very valid points. I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch that with the way St. Louis has played lately with that defense. Um, so I, I'm going to definitely uh, put a play on the over here. Uh, concern, you know, considering that defense for St. Louis and, and the way Anaheim's playing right now. And I also am going to put another play in this game, too. I don't know if Anaheim wins the game, but I, like I said, they could sneak up on them. Might be the type of game where they come out and outplay them early on, and then maybe the Blues get their act together as they go on. So give me them on the uh, first period money line as well. Give me the Anaheim Ducks. All right, liking the over five and a half and a first period money line as well for uh, Anaheim uh, in this game, which you can get at a, a pretty solid price here. Uh, at plus point. 165. Yep, plus 165, plus 170 is what we're looking at with Anaheim first period. Uh, San Jose, Arizona, we've got the uh, Coyotes minus one. It's even money both sides, minus 110. Uh, Arizona opened the home favorite, but we've seen some San Jose money to push it to even money. Uh, San Jose is even a slight road favorite now in some books at minus 115. So uh, make sure you shop around. We're seeing some variance with the money line price uh, in this game. Uh, the total five and a half shaded to the over in this one. Look, San Jose, uh, for a team that I didn't like coming into the season, I'm still suspect, uh, leery when it comes to them a little bit, but they're playing better hockey uh, the last few games. I, I will give them credit where credit's due. Uh, the San Jose Sharks swept LA. Martin Jones played great. Maybe Martin Jones loves playing his former team because he does seem to play well against yeah. the Kings. Other, teams other than the LA Kings, not as much. But you're right, his rec and Alex B. Smith said it uh, a couple uh, earlier this week when we broke down one of those San Jose LA games that Martin Jones does have a very good record, very good goals against and save percentage head to head against the uh, his former team, the LA Kings, and boy, he showed it uh, the, uh, the this week uh, with his two performances against LA, 42 saves. Uh, in the 4-2 to two victory the other night uh, for the San Jose Sharks against L.A. So he's played better. Uh, Arizona coming off their own confidence, you know, building win against the uh, Colorado Avalanche, 5-4 in a shootout. Aiden Hill was spectacular, particularly in the third period and overtime. And it's his net for the foreseeable future for Rick Tockett's team. Darcy Kemper not coming back anytime soon. Uh, Antti Ranta is also on the injured list for the uh, Coyotes. So it's Aiden Hill for the foreseeable future. But Aiden Hill's a guy that's got yeah decent numbers, not eye-popping, outstanding numbers at the NHL level. Now he's coming off an outstanding game, especially the third period and overtime, the way he played against Colorado. But I don't know if he can sustain that long-term moving forward. And let's also keep in mind here with uh, Arizona, they really, really won that game more because Jonas Johansson basically made that Buffalo medium guy, John Vogel, look like a genius, saying he's one of the worst goalies he's ever seen in practice and in a game when he was covering the, uh, the Sabres and seeing Jonas Johansson. We were wondering, could this guy with a change of scenery uh, maybe get his game together with a better team around him and a better defense? Uh, it's only one game, so you just can't write it off completely, but it was not a good first uh, impression for Jonas Johansson in his first start with the Colorado Avalanche in that 5-4 loss. Uh, to the Arizona Coyotes. I mean, the first goal of the game, Jimmy, it was like the first two minutes. It was a long floating flutter ball shot from the point. 
it's just got to be stopped. And, and it went uh, right past him, uh, and that gave uh, Arizona the quick one nothing lead uh, in that game. Uh, that's the only loss Colorado's had recently, and it was because Johansson just wasn't very good in net uh, for that uh, avalanche team that night. But uh, the good news is for Arizona – some offensive uh, ability, and they have started to get their offense going again. You know, they beat Anaheim, scored three goals, or they actually, uh, yeah, they came, they they hung tough with Arizona, Anaheim, got their offense going. They scored the five goals, albeit against Johansson the other night uh, against Colorado. So maybe a chance for them against a San Jose team that could still give up goals from t- on occasion to find the back of the net. Uh, the people betting San Jose, I understand. If you look at the last ten games, they've got the better. Expected goals numbers, their high danger chances, all of that stuff, all of those key numbers, and I mentioned a lot of them on yesterday's show, they all point to San Jose being the team that's in, been in better form the last 10 games than Arizona. So I would lean San Jose. You know, they are playing better. Uh, I, I don't know if Arizona winning against Colorado, which you would think that's a great win. They can build on that. But Johansson really, uh, you know, basically uh, subverted that game for Colorado. You know, he basically sabotaged that game for Colorado because he was so poor in net. Uh, we'll have to see if Arizona can keep it going. I got to see it before I believe it. So I didn't bet the side, but this is another game I pointed toward the total. Uh, five and a half, a uh, small, smaller bet for me. I like the St. Louis total more, but I still like over five and a half here, minus 115. Uh, Jimmy, any uh, betting opinion for you with the Sharks and Coyotes? I, I feel horrible after the great analysis you just gave, but I got nothing on this game, man. Just doesn't give me any feeling. Uh, it's one of those games I'm going to stay away from. Um, but, I mean, great analysis by you there. You know, one thing I would say, uh, San Jose is interesting. You brought up Jones there. And, it, yeah, I mean, not enough people. Like, everybody's been shitting all over him for a while now. And he, he finally has a good game the other day against LA. You know, give him a little credit. He's, he's starting to, you know, play a little better there. So something to watch there. Good observation by you. No doubt. And Phil Kessel. Uh, scored uh, a key goal down the stretch against Colorado. Lawson Krause as well. Connor Garland's been good. I don't blame him. He's been noticeable. He's gotten his offense. He's gotten his chances. But they need some of these other guys. Dvorak's kind of tailed off after a hot start to the season. Uh, They need more from, again, Kessel like he scored the other night. Uh, They need more. Derek Broussard's actually been pretty good lately uh, for the Coyotes. Kessel and Krause to help out Garland and Broussard. And they need more out of Clayton Keller, too. Where's Clayton Keller been lately? Need more out of him, uh, this Arizona team, uh, offensively. But, again, you're taking on a San Jose team that can still be a little bit suspect in their own zone. And they got to feel at least a little bit more offensive confidence and mojo after putting up five the other night uh, against Colorado. So I do like the over in this and game. One thing I'll say, too, uh, there, and it could go for both teams in this uh, in this game here, Start to look at some of these players. You brought up Broussard there. I think he's a perfect example of what I'm about to say. He's a guy on a trade block right now. You know, he's 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 very likely to get moved there. And he knows that. So he's he's probably playing a little harder than he had been. And he's trying to increase his value because let's face it, not, not many people want to stay in Arizona there. I'm sure a lot of players are trying to play their way out of there. And so some players have a different approach. Some players will say, Oh, I'll just I'll just suck and not care, and that will get me traded. But I don't know. Then, then what team is going to want you that way? I take the approach where you want to play better and increase your value, and I kind of see that with Derek Broussard, and I think we're going to see that a little maybe with a Phil Kessel or maybe with some guys on, on San Jose, maybe in Evander Kane. Uh, you know, guys, just watch those players right now that you start to hear in trade rumors and maybe hit them on player props because I think they're going to get a little hot as we go on here and get closer to the deadline. 
Yeah, and Evander Kane, look out. He's getting it rolling big time for San Jose. He's had go. a nice week or so. He scored two goals the other night uh, in the victory against the Los Angeles Kings. Guys looking to make an impression. You're right, right before the trade deadline. So it's definitely something uh, to watch out for, you know, and maybe from a goal-scoring prop and player prop standpoint, players exactly. that are going to try to show off to scouts and other GMs that, hey, uh, come get me, come bring me into a Stanley Cup contender. Yeah. Get me out of Arizona, please. <laughs> exactly. That, especially in some of those players in Buffalo are probably saying oh, the same God. thing right now. I mean, what a noble act by Taylor Hall to say, I'd be willing to listen to some oh, trade. Yeah. What a guy. What a for guy. guy. You only signed for one measly flipping year because you knew damn well that if the ship starts sinking here in Buffalo, I can just jump right off yeah. it. You know, what a, what a great act. Very. Oh, man. It gets better and better. And, and that's a thing, too. I, I just said, you know, how attractive is that to a GM if he sees a guy say that and he sees that attitude? I don't know. I mean, I know the guy can, you know, can create points and score. But if you're a contender, do you, you want to disrupt your dressing room with a malcontent like that? I don't know. I don't know. I, I hear Taylor Hall with a link to a bunch of rumors and teams right now. Uh, that's that's the that's the ultimate question. For a guy that at the playoffs, at playoff time, what have you gotten from yeah. Taylor Hall? Not a whole lot uh, in the past. And that's the concern. Like, he, I'll tell you right, right now, if he had signed, let's say, in Tampa or somewhere else in the offseason, is he signing for one year? No freaking way is he signing no. for one year. He saw the read the tea leaves. He knew that this thing could go sideways and go south in a hurry with this Sabres team that haven't gotten out of their own way in almost a decade. And the moment it goes wrong, the moment it gets hairy, it gets bad. You know, I can just say, you know what? Oh, Kevin Adams. I can, you know, and then they'll approach him for a trade and it'll, it'll, it'll make him look like he's doing the noble yeah. act. I'm helping you out here. I'm getting you a couple picks. Helping them out, throwing them a bone. Yeah. yeah come on. Yeah. Sweet. Nobody's falling for that. And what does it tell you, though? It tells you, you know, you mentioned, oh, if he had gone to Tim, well, guess what? Tampa didn't want him. Not a lot of contenders wanted him. And there's a reason for that. And it's just, I don't know when when fans are going to get this. They're like, "Oh, we got to get Taylor Hall. We got to get Taylor." No, you don't. You don't want him. If your team has a chance to win the Stanley Cup, you do not want Taylor Hall. Period. End of story. Yeah, it's just hilarious. Just I was read, reading that this morning that uh, Taylor Hall has said to that. Yeah, he would consider a trade from if Kevin Adams approached him with one. Ah, oh, enough with this genuine bullshit. Come on. I mean, <laughs> nobody's a. Uh, Nobody's falling for that at this point. Uh, Winnipeg and Calgary, uh, final game on this card. Best We've game got on the uh, card. Calgary minus one twenty-five home favorites. Total five and a half, six here. Look, maybe it's a circle the wagon spot for Calgary. Sometimes you see this in the NFL. You get a team, you know, off a little bit of a road two-game road trip. They come home, they get well, they get right, and they play better. Maybe that's the case for Calgary. But boy, the evidence I saw in the two games against Ottawa. We're not a team of one that of a team that I'm looking to lay a price with against the surging Winnipeg Jets right now. Uh, that is for sure. Uh, th that's basically an Ottawa Senators team that, with all due respect to them, they compete, they battle, they don't go away, they keep on coming. They showed that against Toronto last night. I know they lost in overtime, but they gave the Leafs everything they could handle last night. But that's still a team that is below you in the standings. It's the last place team in the North Division and you lose twice to them. And in the second game, which was the Wednesday afternoon game, it's the third period. You're up one nothing. That's a game you've got to see through to the finish, close the deal, and get the two points. What happens? 
The third period begins with Ottawa outshooting Calgary 11-2. 11-2 for a Calgary team trying to close out the game, getting a desperately needed win, and sure enough, they got exactly what they deserved because they got outplayed, they got outworked, they got, you know, by Ottawa start to finish uh, in the third period. They lose a one nothing lead and they lose the game three to one. They got what they deserved. They were outplayed. Where was the desperation for this team? It makes me think there's some issues. There's some internal issues. We've talked about Giordano. He's a great guy. He's got to show some fucking fire right now in his yeah. belly. I can't take yeah. it anymore. I'm seeing him just in the press conference say, yeah, I mean, it's just we had some opportunity and just this, you know, nonchalant at it. He's got to crack some skulls in that dressing room, man. You're the captain. This is a team that on paper should be better than this. You know, it's time to get a little angry. I want to see a little piss and vinegar in you, Mark Giordano, enough. I mean, it's a good guy off the – everybody says great things about him as a, as a person, but – and he's been a, had a nice career in Calgary, great defenseman, but it's time to get angry a little bit. It's time to start saying that this is unacceptable. We got we to gotta be better than this. We got to fix it. You know, whether it's, I don't know, kick, kick over a garbage can or just, you know, rally the troops and have a, a spirited discussion or something. You got to do that as the captain of this team. And I, he just doesn't seem like he's more of a laid back, you know, vi, vi, uh, type of guy from a personality standpoint. Uh, I think he's got to get, you know, somehow, some way, uh, we got to, they, they've got to do something to get some of these guys going again. It's uh, Monahan and Gaudreau. I talked about the first couple games with Sutter. They had been playing quite well. They've basically tailed off. Where's their offense gone? I mean, th that is the problem. I mean, Markstrom, what you can't blame him. He's playing all right. They're not scoring. It's the entire lineup has gone ice cold offensively. The power play's terrible. It's on an 0 for 7 slide. They barely get set up in the offensive zone. And they're, they're barely able to move the puck around lately in some of these games when they have the power play. Uh, it is a mess offensively. And it's almost like with Sutter there now, they're trying to just focus so much on playing defense that it's really come at the uh, expense of their offensive game and their creativity and getting any sort of flow and rhythm going in terms of their forecheck and, and just making passing plays, all of this. Their offense is completely out of sync, completely discombobulated, and they've been shut down. Like you're barely getting – uh, one, two goals a game now from this Calgary team. Good luck with that against Winnipeg. I know Winnipeg's defense is still, you know, a, a group that I think Kevin Chevel Dayoff has to upgrade, you know, at the trade deadline. But again, you have Connor Hellebuck back there who can make up for a lot of blemishes that a blue line has. He's playing outstanding right now. Calgary is back home off the road trip. You would think, you know, they, they want to come out strong. But I thought that the other night against Ottawa. I thought they'd come out strong in the third period against a, a, the worst team in the division, the last place team in the division with a one nothing lead going into the third period. That's supposed to be the time you show up. That's supposed to be the time you put a foot down and say, you know what? This is two points we got to get. We're finishing out the game the right way. You don't get outshot 11-2 coming out of the th second intermission like that. Terrible job by Calgary in that game. Sorry, I'm on Winnipeg here. I'm on Winnipeg plus uh, 115 plus one uh, plus 105 actually to plus 110. Uh, that's the range we're looking at here. This is to me the wrong team favored. You can't tell me with what we've seen the last couple of weeks that Winnipeg's not the better team right now. Uh, and uh, I think they can go into Calgary get this win. If you're backing Calgary as a favorite, you're backing the the due factor. They're due for a win, due to step up, due to maybe play better and and win a game, due to finally start scoring and yeah. finding the back of the net. I don't deal with 
they're due. I deal with what I've seen, and what I've seen is a team that's not good enough right now. Give me Winnipeg here, plus 110. Jimmy, what do you think? Jets, Flames. I'm with I'm with you right now, uh, Ian. And, you know, yeah, they've been due for a while, right? They got a new coach, supposed to whip him into shape and, you know, bring out that Daryl Sutter magic and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, whatever, bullshit. This team, we've said it before, and you said it again. You just referenced Giordano there, but I'll even take it bigger picture. You know, Moynihan, Gaudreau, they need to blow it up. That's it. it. It wasn't the coach. It wasn't Jeff Ward. It hasn't been all the coaches they've had. It's been that core, and they need to blow it up. And, you know, if I'm Trey living right now, I got to be worried about my job. Uh, I start to be honest and look myself in the mirror right now and say, I'm a seller. I'm not a buyer. That's it. I'm not a buyer right now, and that's it. And, you know, they lose this game. They're all but done. So they, they need to start to think about, all right, we got to move some of these guys and start to reshape things and look ahead to the future. And uh, that's not a good – place to be in and they've been in that place they, they're just afraid to admit it uh they're they're facing another loss here tonight i'm actually gonna go full out reverse jimmy puck line here give me the jets on the puck line in this game ian all right jimmy rpl as yeah a reverse and I, I don't even have i just that just came as i as we were analyzing it i i've got that gut feeling that's what we're gonna see i like a four two uh or maybe even a five two jets win all right, Jimmy, going for the what do we got uh, for value? Puck line, for extended value here uh, in this one. Yeah, you would be looking at probably in the plus two fifty range, just off yeah. the top of my head. I think that's probably what you'd I'm be looking, looking at here. Now. Yeah, I got him plus two twenty five over at Bo Bovada. Yeah, that's uh, it was uh, it was close. It was in the ballpark, yep. but yeah, plus two twenty five. If you can get that uh, with Winnipeg minus one and a half, uh, that's still an excellent. Uh, uh, return on investment if it does cash. Uh, there's no question. And, hey, we saw Calgary lose by two to Ottawa yeah. just a, a couple of days ago. So it's possible. You know, I, I'm reading the guys' comments here in the, in the comments section too. This is this is a shitty card tonight, you know? So yeah. got to get something. Got to get some value in it. And I think I think the Winnipeg Jets are your value here. Well, you don't have to go full out like I just did, but I think Ian's absolutely right. They're, they're a better team, hands down. I mean, I think the Winnipeg Jets are a Stanley Cup contender. Another team, you know, we talk about the Islanders not getting enough respect. I'm not putting them on that level with the Islanders right now, but I do think they deserve more respect. I think they're a contender. Top three centers for Calgary. Here's the center ice position. Now, Sheffield Dayoff does have to get a defenseman. I don't think they could win a cup with the, this six they've got right now. At some point, that'll show up, that they need one more really good upper top four defenseman. You know, top four defenseman. They need that for sure. They need to add that Winnipeg, but you look at the center ice spot. That's the that's the uh, the uh, one of the uh, strengths of this team, and you look at Calgary's center ice, which is supposed to be pretty good. Monahan can't find him with a telescope. Some games, Michael Backlund, what's he done uh, the last several games? Sam Bennett, you know, obviously he's fallen out of favor in Calgary. He's now on the third line as the center spot. Rumored in trades. That's the Calgary top three centers. Winnipeg top three centers. Mark Shifley. Pierre-Luc Dubois, Adam Lowry. That's an edge for Winnipeg, and they're all playing great, uh, all three of those guys. Dubois gotten it going after a slow start. Dubois with Nikolai Ehlers and Kyle Connor. The second line is amazing right now for the Winnipeg Jets. They are playing outstanding. Uh, Stastny, Shifley, and Wheeler struggled for a bit. They picked it up. Wheeler got a goal the other night. Stastny's really played well uh, of late, and Stastny's the guy that, hey, at playoff time, that's where the value of Paul Stastny comes to the forefront, having that guy on your team at playoff time, uh, you're going to see that for the uh, Winnipeg Jets uh, as well. So uh, Jimmy and I both like in Winnipeg. I'm playing it a little safer, 
plus 110 on the money line. Uh, Jimmy going reverse puck line here, minus one and a half, plus 225 uh, with the Winnipeg Jets uh, against the Calgary Flames. Who Look, this is bad for Bradtree living. You're right. You brought in Daryl Sutter to fix it. He got L.A. turned around. They went on a crazy run when he first got hired, and they never looked back. For, for Daryl Sutter here in Calgary, he got the first three wins, two against Montreal, and then one against Edmonton. And then basically, uh, you've had trouble since. You got one win against Toronto and very fortunate to get it because I thought they got outplayed in that game and Freddie Anderson wasn't that good. That was the other win they got. And then they lost to the second game to Edmonton and got blown out. They got shut out by Toronto and then you lose back-to-back games against Ottawa. So all of a sudden, guess what? The bloom is off the Daryl Sutter Rose just a little bit uh, going into this yep. game tonight. So uh, we like Winnipeg here in this one. All right, great stuff. A great uh, breakdown of the four-game card on this Friday edition uh, of the Ice Guys. A reminder before we get to best bets that uh, to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. We have the Sweet 16 this weekend, NBA and NHL regular season coming down the home stretch. Major League Baseball starts next week. Tons of reasons to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. You'll get deposit bonus, weekly specials, incentives, bet boosts, everything. All kinds of different perks you uh, will receive by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app, signing up for the account, and using the promo code uh, THPN. All right, Jimmy, it is that time. It is best bets, slim pickings. I get it. Only four games, as you mentioned. Not the greatest card, but we'll see what we can come up with for best bets. Jimmy, what do you got? Benny, you're the Jets. Ben, I can't I can't karaoke like you. I'm sorry, but the Winnipeg Thanks Jets minus one and a half yeah. is the best bet. All right, Jets puck line minus one and a half <laughs> plus 225. Uh, best bet for Jimmy Winnipeg Jets to get it done. Mine's going to be Anaheim St. Louis over five and a half. I like that one. Two very meandering yeah. goaltenders, marginal goaltending from Ryan Miller and Vili Husso, the projected goalies in that game tonight. Neither has been confirmed, but I'd expect it to be those two, Ryan Miller and Billy Husso in net. Uh, sub-900 sub save percentage, above three goals against average for both of these uh, goalies. St. Louis's defensive play has just been a, an issue really ever since Pareko and Gunnarsson have been injured, and Anaheim's been giving up more goals lately as well. Let's go with the Ducks and the Blues to go over 5.5, minus 110. Uh, that is my best bet for this Friday NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. One more thing, Ian, too, for people out there betting college hockey there, too. Uh, definitely, I, I like UMass. I'm going to go Jimmy Puckline on that game there if you're into college hockey there. And, you know, guys, you look around right now, Everybody's picking North Dakota to win it all. Uh, and I'm going to tell you right now that I'm going to make a bold pick. You know, I like bold picks. I'm going to make a bold pick and say that, and this, this will go down as the upset of the tournament. I'm based right here in Springfield, Massachusetts. It's three blocks away from me. American International College, a team that nobody knows who the hell they are, where they're from. They're from Springfield, Mass. They're an up-and-coming college hockey program. Give me them to upset North Dakota tonight in the first round in Fargo, the AIC plus 450 to get the win. I'm going to sprinkle on that just because it's a good price and because I think your college hockey intel's a lot better than mine. Uh, <laughs> so I will, I, will, I will take a little stab at that one uh, as Go well. 
uh, for the upset against North Dakota. You can actually get a plus two and a half at minus 140, which isn't too bad. That's how big an underdog they are. Yeah, if you want to be a little bit safer, yeah, plus yeah. two and a half goals, minus 140 uh, can be the way you go. But, yeah, I mean, Final Four is getting a lot of attention. The basketball, don't forget about the Frozen Four, and I know the puckheads don't forget about it. Uh, there you go uh, with the uh, Frozen Four, the, uh, the college hockey uh, tournament. Uh, so make sure, yeah, that's ongoing as we speak. So uh, definitely something worth keeping an eye on. Uh, good stuff. Uh, Jimmy's going to be back with us on Monday. Uh, he's got the Bruins game, and, of course, Sunday's his day off for the show, but he'll be back Monday. Before we end, a reminder, we're on YouTube Live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday, Sunday, noon Eastern. And a reminder that if you can't watch live on YouTube, you can download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast providers. Uh, someone asking to touch on the two early games tomorrow. i got to save it for tomorrow or else you're not going to tune in tomorrow. Like we're on at noon. <laughs> we're on before both games start. So I'll give That's you, right. I'll tell you what, you know what my best bet was last night on the show, Philly Rangers over. That's one of the early games tomorrow. I'll leave it for you to figure out what I'm probably betting in that game uh, tomorrow uh, with the Flyers uh, and the Rangers. Uh, but we'll get to that and every game on the Saturday card tomorrow, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. There sure it is. For another Hope edition. Hear it again. Go UMass. There it is. As Jimmy plays his UMass uh, fight uh, song. Fight song. That is fight song <laughs> on the way out here. But great stuff. Great show. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. For Jimmy Murphy, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on Saturday, noon Eastern, for another edition of The Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now a show that's going to give you the truth about the biggest epidemic of our times. We're all a little crazy. We're All a Little Crazy is brought to you by the Same Here Global Mental Health Movement and the Hockey Podcast Network. This is NHL great mental health advocate and member of the Same Here Alliance, Theo Fleury. This is 20-year professional sports executive, mental health advocate, and founder of the hashtag Same Here Global Mental Health Movement, Eric Cusin. This is Darren Ravel, sports business insider, mental health advocate, and founder of the Same Here Influencer Alliance. We're so afraid as a society to rip the Band-Aid off the topic in a real way. Anytime you open up about something that's controversial or taboo, the first one through the wall always gets bloodied. And that's why we're doing this. We don't mind being the ones getting bloodied. We put our stories out there well before it was a thing to do for a reason. Because as much as they're extreme examples of how far you can fall, they show everyone the challenging life experiences impact everyone even those of us who have reached the top of our competitive industries. The issue in media today, traditional media and social media, we are so quick to look for simple answers, simple explanations. We want everything wrapped in a bow. But this topic is messy. The nuances need to be explained. Yeah, it needs real, long-form conversation like this. I'm just thrilled that we can be real with people and address the current events happening in this space in real time and set the record straight. More talk happening doesn't mean it's helping the conversation move forward. The words we use matter. We have the greatest mental health awareness in the history of our planet, and yet the mental health trends and outcomes are awful. It means the current messages aren't working.
Find me a person who hasn't faced trauma in their lives. Anyone. You can. Things have affected all of us. It's why we all say we are all a little crazy in our own unique ways. This topic isn't for one in five of us with mental illness. It's for five in five whose mental health has been impacted. This isn't an athlete issue. It's not a musician issue. It's a societal one. This is the greatest epidemic of our time. No, it's not about stopping any stigma. It's about us all saying same here. Our openness and the commonality in our struggles, that's what erodes stigma better and faster than any campaign telling people to stop anything ever will. Available on all podcast apps. Do us a favor and download each episode before you listen. And if you're an Apple user, please rate and review the podcast as it helps us get these important conversations out to reach a larger audience.